Welcome back to the Christian Soldier Podcast. I want to say a very Merry Christmas to everybody, and I hope that if you're listening on Christmas Day, you're having a wonderful time with your family. And uh, as I promised, we are having a special Christmas edition of the Christian Soldier Podcast. And I promised a very interesting topic that we're going over today. Uh, so this might be a little bit of a longer episode than normal, uh, but definitely uh, not super, super long. But I want to dive right in here. I also want to remind you that this week will be the last episode of 2023. We'll be back on January 8th. Uh, we are taking a break for New Year's there one week. So we'll be back on January 8th with a new episode for 2024. On starting our third season of the Christian Soldier Podcast. I want to thank everyone who's been listening from the beginning, those that have subscribed, and those that make this podcast possible. Don't forget to subscribe, rss.com, sermonaudio.com, Spotify, whatever your preferred uh, podcasting platform, feel free to subscribe on there. All right, so as we're jumping in, it is Christmas time, and uh, perhaps whenever we hear the account of Christmas, we think of the birth of Christ. How many of us have seen Christmas plays or seen uh, films or read in books or seen Christmas ornaments or pictures depict the birth of Christ? Perhaps you're picturing in your mind's eye right now, where was it that Jesus was born? And we hear that he was born in a stable. Uh, we think of uh, maybe that triangular nativity scene that you see with a triangular roof and made out of rustic wood and and then Jesus laying in a manger, as the Bible says. We're going to read in Luke 2 in just a moment. Uh, but you see that, and you see Jesus lying in that wooden manger uh, with hay, with the cows and the sheep and the uh, mules there and donkeys and all those things, all right, then horses uh, right there. And it's just a wonderful scene. And the Magi come in, and uh, they... Uh, give worship to the Lord, and those shepherds come, and uh, that's just the picture that we have of the birth of Christ. But I question for you today, is that the accurate depiction? Is that accurate to the scriptures? Is that accurate to uh, the historical um, data points we have at that time? Is that even in conjunction with uh, the culture of the time? Is this a proper depiction of the birth of Christ? Well, let's investigate that today. I will just start off this by saying this. Uh, we don't exactly know how or where Jesus was born, okay? Uh, we know where in Bethlehem, but we don't know if he was born in a stable or born in a home or born in a cave, as some have suggested. There have been many different theories, I guess, we could look at. But what, in light of Scripture, uh, is... The truth and what and and this is why sometimes people have trouble that Christianity is a bunch of myths and fairy tales uh and perhaps this morning you're learning that perhaps some of the details that we take verbatim as true aren't even in the Bible uh and have been influenced by Western church tradition, not the Word of God. Remember Jesus had something to say about tradition he said, beware of the traditions of men, uh but that we stick with the scripture, so we're in Luke two. Uh, we see in verse 1, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. This ta taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea 
unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So let's focus on the last five, our last uh, three verses there, five, six, and seven. Okay, we see in verse five uh, that she being great with child, uh, that it was time for her to deliver the baby Jesus, uh, deliver baby Jesus. And uh, this is how it goes. They came and they, they came to the inn. There was no room for them. They knocked on the door. There's no room for you because everyone is here. So they wandered about. She's in labor, can't find a place to have the baby. Uh, finally finds a stable, whether it be the, in, the, the stable at the inn or uh, it be uh, uh, one outside of town, a shepherd's cave or whatever it is, uh, and brought forth the child uh, there in, in the hay and uh, laid him in a manger. Well, can I, and those things, like, well, absolutely, that's what happened. Well, from what we read here, and, and also the other kind of birth in Matthew, we don't see those details. All we know is that they came to Bethlehem, as they should, for the taxation, and we said while they were there, in verse number six, while they were there in Bethlehem. It doesn't mean at that very moment that they arrived. The Bible doesn't say that. So while they were there in Bethlehem for the taxation, she brought forth Jesus. That's all it says. Uh, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Okay, so well, well, of course the inn is in there and all of those things. Well, this is also very interesting uh, study here. I uh, ran across an article that was actually a very well-researched article that uh, if you want more information on it, uh, is from those that are asking the very simple question. Of, they believe the birth of Christ is true. These are biblical scholars. Uh, and mostly those that deal in the culture of the time and, and uh, cultural historians. And they said, so is that, where do these accounts come from? Since, well, where do we get that Jesus was born in a stable and that there's no room for it, that they, she went to labor as they arrived in town and that they couldn't find a place to stay, that Joseph hadn't planned ahead or uh, that there was no, they were rejected and put out uh, and uh, that there was no place for them. Is that what really happened? Well, there have been some cultural assumptions about what happens with, uh, with this, uh, and it goes through in great detail. I'm not going to go into all of these details, uh, but there was um, a, a church father named Justin, okay, uh, and uh, we see that he wrote many uh, hundreds of years ago and for centuries. We see that large sections of the church have assumed that the major was in an animal stable. It's been an assumption. Uh, but he wrote extensively on it and um, brought some interesting thoughts into it, if you read his writings uh, on this, and made some very big theological assumptions. Uh, and he said that, uh, that many Palestinian homes were built into caves. And that is, yes, that is true to an extent. Uh, but he brought forth the the uh the tradition of Jesus was born outside Bethlehem in a cave uh and that was used as a stable or as a sheep coat if you will well if he was born where the sheep coat is at night then why were the shepherds told to go find him so uh, there's there's some logical problems with that uh there is other uh historians and other theologians from the middle ages all the way through 
that give a uh, uh, a tradition in regards, which is not backed up by the scriptures. Uh, something you have to understand about Palestinian culture, Middle Eastern culture, even to this day, that we would think of this, yes, they were there, they didn't, there wasn't a room for them, either they arrived too late, Mary's in labor, this is the picture we have in Western culture, but really, Jesus, Joseph being of that town, Bethlehem, uh, not only that being of the lineage of David, and also we know that Elizabeth's, Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, lived not far away from here. So those three things we know that uh, in Palestinian culture, it is, they're very hospitable. Uh, the one who wrote this article, he lived in Israel and in Palestine for 40 years. And he witnessed uh, that he was staying in these rural villages. And this one young man came back to the village. He had never, he wasn't born in the village. He had never been to the village. His grandfather had left the village uh, many years before, but he was of that lineage of the people that lived in that village. And when they find out who he, found out who he was, who his father was, who his grandfather was, the whole village turned out and welcomed him back home and gave him lodging. Uh, the Palestine, or the Middle Eastern people in general are very hospitable, and it would be unthinkable if you look at, you give this account of what traditionally we believe of the account of Mary and Joseph and uh, being in labor and not finding a place to stay. We have that idea in our culture, absolutely, that, that you know, it's inconvenience to bring people into your house, but not to them, uh, or bring them into your home or find lodging. Uh, so that's the one issue there, is that is not consistent with Palestinian culture especially being of the lineage of David, uh, the most revered king of Israel, being of that lineage, and Joseph can't find one place to stay in all of Bethlehem. Doesn't make sense, logically or culturally, that uh, they would, of course, a woman in labor, a whole town would get involved in that, and the women would assist the midwife in the bringing forth of the child. So all of that, just that right there, is a, a logical assumption that church historians from Western culture, Germany and England, have made and have made that, well, that's what happened. So that's one issue, the first issue there. Uh, the second issue is that it says there's no room for them in the inn. Uh, it is the Greek word uh, kataluma, kataluma. Uh, and it's interesting, this word, uh, it can mean inn. Uh, it could also has the idea of a, a, a guest lodging place. And this is also the same word that we see uh, represented here in uh, Luke 2, uh, verse 7, and it says, no room for them in the inn. Uh, it is the word kataluma. Uh, kataluma is the right way to say it. Uh, and it is the same word used in Mark 14, 14, and in Luke twenty two eleven. And each of those times it is translated as guest chamber. You have to understand something about where the people lived in Bethlehem and also in Judea during this time, even many to this day, uh, is that there was a one-room house that, especially if you're on the lower income scale, you lived in a one-room house. Uh, and that's why Jesus said when uh, anyone that lighted the lamp, uh, they don't put it under a bushel, but they put it on the candlestick so that it may give it light to the whole house. Well, that doesn't make sense to us culturally because one candle isn't going to light a whole house the way we live in America today or in the Western world, but it will in a one-room house. So that's the that's most people live that way. Even people who are of great income, they had a larger room 
but they had the same general idea uh, that they lived in these one store or uh, one level houses uh, and one room houses. So that can also what they would have, they would have this one room house and then they would have another section, which was their guest chamber, a guest room. Uh, many times that would be a newly married son would bring his new wife and live on, on we've talked about this other times, would add on to the house as a custom, as Jewish custom, uh, that they would live in that house until the son could afford to build a house of his own. So that guest chamber is this word, kataluma. That's what this guest chamber means. And so that's when we see Mark 14, 14, um, uh, says guest chamber here. And by the way, Jesus, these are the words of Jesus. So in is not an incorrect translation. However, uh, have the in, we have to apply the definition of the in as the guest chamber because there is no record in Bethlehem, archaeological record or otherwise, of inns because the Jews did not have inns in the sense of a motel or hotel like we have today. That's a Western idea because people that travel through, they will lodge with perfect strangers. Uh, but the Romans had their own inns and own hotels, if you will. Usually they were a large room, a community room, where people would sleep on the floor together with a fire in the center, and they would have a place for the animals as well. Uh, so the Romans built those, but they only built those on the main Roman roads. There was no Roman road in Bethlehem. So there was no commercial inn ever recorded being in Bethlehem. So this has the idea of the guest chamber. Uh, so what's, what is being said here? Well, that uh, there were, uh, the, that Joseph and Mary did find lodging, but they weren't able to stay in a guest chamber because there was no room in the guest chamber. So she gave birth in the main area of the house. So you have to look at the cultural context. This would make perfect sense to a Middle Eastern person. Like, oh, absolutely. That's what that means. But because we've had church tradition imposed on top of the scripture, that it can cause us to come to this conclusion of, of what we talked about earlier on. Also, so okay, well, a manger obviously is only where animals are. A stable. So um, these people had animals. They had a stable out back. So it had to have been a stable. Well, that's what we do in the Western world. Uh, we have stables. We keep our living area separate from the animals. But in Palestine, even to this day, they don't do that. What they would have, they would have a one-level house. They would have a lower area that where they would bring the animals in at night. Uh, then they had a higher terraced area in the main room there where they would live and sleep. Oh, separate from the animals, but in the same room. It would be a higher up here, sometimes made of uh, scaffolding, made of wood, or uh, it would be a, uh, a a stone structure that was raised up a little bit higher, maybe you know six or seven feet higher than where the animals were. The animals were brought in to keep uh, the place warm in the winter time, uh, and also it was used uh, as um, uh, a way to keep the animals from getting stolen. Uh, so what they would do is they think of a manger, not a wood manger, but there would be a manger carved out of stone. Uh, if you look up pictures of this from Palestine, they found hundreds of these uh, in Palestine in archaeology and during the time uh, for the time of Jesus and way before. Uh, even they still use it to this day. It's a, a bold out, uh, rounded manger in the stone, a perfect size to lay a baby in. So that's what's being what's going on here. Jesus was born in the main area of the house and laid in a manger. Uh, so this might be very different than many accounts that you may hear of, of regarding this, of uh, the coming of Christ. Now, 
does that mean all everybody else is wrong and you know this is terrible but let's just think about this for a moment if we fit into the historical biblical and cultural context here that makes this this wasn't some fairy tale that this is true that this isn't just some fantastic story but it is something that we can take as gospel truth now do we know 100% that this is the case no there's been many theories out there and I don't think it's something we need to split hairs over. Jesus came, and that's the important part. But we look at this, and we see the picture. Uh, in, it improves the picture, gives a little bit more clarity, and gives us some insight uh, into the culture of the day. Because many of the teachings of Jesus, if we take them outside of the culture on which Jesus was talking to, yes, they are timeless, but we can misapply some of them if we're not careful. We don't understand the culture around some of these things. But I want to thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the Christian Soldier podcast this year. And we appreciate you uh, tuning in. Don't forget to join us in the new year. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button. I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And I'll see you next time.